morning and welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hope that you're having a fresh start to the day and hope that you're having a fantastic week in the name of the Lord. Uh, we got a jam-packed show for you on this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking about a woman who uh, is going on trial uh, for, um, you know, flushing her unborn uh, or stillborn child down the drain, uh, down the, to down the toilet, um, and some of the drama that is unfolding in that regard. We're also going to be talking about being addicted to drama in our sanctification session, um, and we're going to be talking about a geothermal lab that has recently been, um, con that's being constructed and may lead a new way toward cleaner energy in our Something Praiseworthy segment. But we're going to start our morning off with continuing our series entitled Shadows of the Cross as we go through chapters uh, 2 and 3 of the book of Hebrews as we talk about how Jesus is the uh, is the is the perfect um, the perfection of everything that the Old Testament um, has attested to and so we're grateful for this opportunity to be able to worship in spirit and truth and hope that we're able to say something that will edify your souls and for those who don't um, may grow to help you to be at least a little curious about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and want to grow to have a relationship with him and so we're grateful for this opportunity um, and hope that you are having a fantastic um, uh, morning wake up uh, here on TikTok Live through the True Gospel Morning Show. Going to give us a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump into our uh, morning message for today. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful that you think it not robbery to give us an opportunity to worship you in spirit and truth on today. Lord God, let this show be none of me and all of you. Uh, let it just be a testament to the greatness and the supremacy of who you are. And Lord God, we're just thankful for your love, your guidance, and your grace on today. We ask, Lord, that every word that is said, everything that we do on this show on today, Lord God, that it be just a testament of, the, of your greatness, uh, a testament of your love, your favor, your kindness, your grace, your mercy, your truth, your forgiveness, uh, Lord God. And we ask and pray that you just, you know, touch someone who doesn't have a walk with you that they may grow closer to you on today, uh, that we say something that may, you know, pierce their hearts and, and, and grow the seed, grow the tree of the gospel of Jesus Christ in their hearts, um, that they may grow to repent and believe in you. And we thank your son, Jesus Christ, that made this all possible by dying on the cross and rising again, that we may have the opportunity to love you, bless you, and honor you in both duty and delight. And all these things will be so careful to give your name, praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, again, we're going into um, our Shadows of the Cross series. We've been in, in the series for the past couple of days now, and we are talking about how Christ is the embodiment of everything that the Old Testament testified to, um, from the prophets to uh, the liturgy of the, Levitic, of the Levitical priesthood, <clears throat> and all of the major events that took place in the Old Testament. Everything was a pointer. Everything was a, a an arrow pointing toward Jesus Christ. And so the book of Hebrews then goes through and shows us in so many different ways how Jesus Christ is the uh is the is the key. He's the key to everything. We talked about how um without having the Spirit of God ruling in our hearts, it's difficult for us to know who Christ is, who God is, anything about the scriptures, anything about the truth. 
Um, but as Christ is becoming the center of our lives, it allows us to be able to see him for who he really is. And so we talked about, particularly on Friday, how he is more, um, he is the messenger. That if we were willing to listen to angels or willing to listen to prophets or willing to listen to people who preach or people who, you know, read scriptures or things of that nature, then how much more should we listen to the one whom those messengers were speaking about or speaking to or speaking through? That he is the one that everything was pointing toward. And so now we should worship him, you know, and not worship the messengers who sent him, uh, who no, who were sent by him. And so um, and so to that end, he, we, we again see that everything that is in scripture is a pointer toward who he is. So now we're going to go further into the book of Hebrews as he talks about both Moses and the um, in the idea of the promised land being rest. The promised land being rest. Uh, we look at, uh, we start with Hebrews chapter 3 and it says to us there, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that were to be spoken of later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Jesus in, in, um, in John chapter 14 talks about this idea of, of, of mansions. He says to us in John chapter 14, starting with verse number one, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have also known my Father. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Furthermore, Jesus tells us in the book of Matthew that he has become our rest. He says in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. 
All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and um, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, why are we bringing this up? Because Moses is an archetype of Jesus. At least he's an example of Jesus. In so much that Moses' responsibility was to usher the people into the promised land. He delivered them out of Egypt and they're marching to the promised land. In the same way, Jesus is the greater Moses in that he's ushered us out of the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of light. Transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of, a kingdom of light. For even though Moses was pulling them out of a physical captivity, their souls were still looking for an eternal rest that no promised land, no physical location could give them. As it says, starting at verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 3, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known their ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. There was a time in the in the midst of the the 40-year journey that Moses was taking the Israelites through where there was a rebellion that took place a rebellion that broke out because they were tired of you know following God and following Moses and so they were like you know what let me build a calf you know let's build a calf Aaron and there was like I right, threw their um through their um gold in, into the into the fire and he crafted them a calf for them to worship as if the calf was the one that brought them out of Egypt and the calf was the one that they were that they were worshiping this entire time. And as in that rebellion, he swore to that generation, they're not going to enter my rest. The next generation will, but the first generation won't. In that same way, the author of Hebrews is telling us in verse number 12 Take care, brothers, lest there be any be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom he was provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. 
for we who have believed enter that rest. As he have said, as I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, quote, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he says, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day today, saying through David, so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. And here's the key. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did. So he's saying to us that just as Moses was, had promised, was given a promise of the promised land for the Israelite nation, we, the people of God, have been given a promise, or the people, all men, all nations actually, have been given a promise of eternal rest for our souls. And just as the Israelite nation, the first generation of Israelites who were, uh, who were escorted out of Egypt, did not believe to the point of disobedience and didn't enter into that rest, we must be careful that we are not disobedient toward God so that we then end up missing the rest of God. The rest that he has promised us is a spiritual rest that will manifest itself physically in the life to come. That same rest is the same rest that Jesus has promised us all. He says, cast all our cares upon him and he will give us rest for our souls. Rest for our souls. Paul in um, 2 Corinthians describes it this way. You might have seen it in 1 Corinthians. Hold on. Oh. That's a little nugget. Cool. So there's it for both in 1 and 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 starting at verse number 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and the glory of the moon, and the glory of the stars, for a star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. 
For the, the first man was from the dust of the earth, a man of the dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are of the dust and is the man of heaven. So also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have been born, have borne the image of man of dust, we shall also bear the image of man in heaven. So in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4, he says to us in verse number 7, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke, so also we believe and so also we speak. Knowing that he who raised Jesus from uh, will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it's all for his sake. Um, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase in thanksgiving to the glory of God. For So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we will be unclothed, but that we will be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And so, I know that's a lot, but here is the point. Paul is saying to us, just as Moses said to us, just as Jesus said to us, that this is not our home. Our rest is not here on this earth as it's currently configured. We are all eagerly awaiting that great day when Jesus cracks the sky and ushers us into the promised land that he promised us when he said to us, Come to me all who, are la who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest for your souls. That eternal soul um, rest is something that we can revel in now in preparation for the life to come. We're all looking for that great day 
when he when he bring when the heavens come down onto this earth and he makes all things brand new ushering us into the new heavens and the new earth and bringing that great city from the in the sky and bringing it down bringing bringing it down onto the earth we're all awaiting that great day just as the um, the Israelites and Moses were looking forward to the day that they entered and conquered the promised land we the believers in God are looking forward to the day when Christ ushers us into the new heavens and the new earth and the great thing about it is he's already conquered it all we don't have to do anything and once we get there it's already furnished it's already you know taken care of it's already built it's already built up it's already designed it's already taken care of we are going to be placed in a place where we don't have to labor the way that we labor in this world we don't have to toil like we toil in this world everything will be done for us and we all we got to just walk in it's like walking is going it's like going to a hotel that everything's already there everything's already furnished everything's already clean all you got to do is walk in all you got to do is give key and walk in that's it it's all you got to do that is what Christ is promising us that the promised land that he has get his prom has promised to us is ours upon repentance and belief. Yeah, we don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to ascend to it. You don't have to become enlightened in order to, 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 to keep it. Instead, all we have to do is give our lives to Jesus Christ. And he promises us rest for our souls in the glorious um, in the glorious waiting for that great day when he decides. Uh, when he has when he decides to crack the sky and usher us into the new heavens and the new earth, so he tells us um, in verse number eleven of Hebrews chapter four, let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall may fall by the same sort of disobedience, for the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And so why he, why he brings up the word of God in this way is because he's trying to show us and trying to trying to remind us that we can't hide from the Lord. We can't hide from him. The spirit of God knows everything about us and sees our intentions, sees our heart's posture, sees our position in him. He knows whether we're for him whether we're against him, whether we love him, whether we detest him, whether we truly are grateful to him or if we're using him, God knows our intentions. Just like he knew the intentions of the Israelites of the first generation of, of coming out of Egypt and knew that their hearts were not centered in him and thus used those 40 years to, wipe, to, to basically wipe that slate clean so that the second generation, uh, you know, wouldn't have anybody saying, oh, no, I don't think we should go into the promised land because all oh, those people over there, they're, 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 they're very scary people. 
instead he said he instead you know it so just like those just like he knew them he knows us as we've said before the knowledge of god is not just a historical lesson his knowledge of us is that of intimacy knowing us so well that he could finish our sentences knowing us so well that he can predict what we're going to do because of his knowledge of who we are his intimate knowledge of who we are and the living word of god the living word of truth the word jesus christ the messenger the word before the before the world was framed the word who is holding all things together the word who knows us better than we know ourselves knows our intentions knows our desires knows our interests knows what we're in this christian walk for and as a result he's saying to us let us strive to enter that rest now again it's not to say that we're working trying to get in there but what he's saying to us is we have to watch to make sure that our desires and our interests are anchored in jesus that our will is anchored to his will. That, our, that, that, as we, that we are delighting ourselves in the Lord and our desire is for more of him. For if we are doing any of this stuff that we're doing in the name of God with ulterior motives, with an ulterior motive, with an ulterior, with an ulterior agenda, God knows. He knows us. As again it says... The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So again, we say all that to say at least two things. One, Jesus has promised us an eternal rest that makes him the greater Moses. For as Moses ushered the people as far as he could, Moses and Joshua um, uh, ushered the people into the promised land, Christ has secured our eternal, um, our eternal passage to the promised land of the life to come. He's, prom he's promised us that. And he's ushered us into that by his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return. He did that for us. And so, just as Moses was the, 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 the leader to the people of Israel getting into the promised land, Christ is our leader. Getting us into the promised land of eternal rest. And you can take that to the bank. For he died so that we could live. And he promised us rest for our souls. He promised us an eternal home. He promised us a resurrected body. We groan in this earthly tent in the in the great comfort of knowing that at some that at some point we are going to have a heavenly body. A body that never dies, never decays, never grows old, and we're going to live forever with the Lord. Secondly and more important we, the believers in God, have to be ever so careful that our motives are pure, that our motives are true, 
in everything that we do in the Lord and in everything that we are in the Lord. Because God sees it. And God knows it. We can't hide from him. Just like the Israelites could not hide from, um, from God. And God saw their wrath. Saw, you know, their disobedience. We can't hide from God. No amount of good that we do can, can mask who we are underneath. And the beautiful thing that I love about the word of God the beautiful thing I love about Christ being the word, as it says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The thing I love about them is that they expose us to show us what to bring to the altar so that we can be purified and more like Christ every single day. Which leads us into the, la the last part of um, Hebrews chapter 4, when he says that we can take comfort in this. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one whom in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then draw with confidence near to the throne of grace that we may have that maybe we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And we'll get more into that in the in um, on tomorrow, but the key to that we want to remember is that there is no sin that's too great for God to overcome. If we bold we can and, and we can boldly go to the throne of grace with our sins, with our intentions, with our desires, with our issues, with our hang-ups, with our problems, and in, 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 in be purified as we're being sanctified from one degree of glory to the next by the Almighty God. There is nothing that you have done, there's nothing that you can do, there's nothing that, that, that you can think to do that is outside of God's redemption. People will then say, but what about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? What Christ was meaning in that moment was that, that your heart has to be so hardened from away from God that you would think of something that's blatantly godly and say that it's evil. That is a heart that is, not, that is in, in that, at that time not forgiven. But it doesn't mean that person can't change. It just means that that is, un, that is unforgivable. In so much that unless you, you know, see the error of your ways, which takes the Holy Spirit to do, then your heart has become so hardened that you are willing to call what is blatantly the Spirit of God something other than. And that makes it unforgivable. But even a person who is so turned away from God can still be redeemed if God says so. And so we say all that to say, Saying all that to say that we, as the people of God, can take comfort in the fact that we can give our issues, our problems, our hang-ups, anything that's causing us to stray away from that eternal rest that God has promised us. We can give it over to Jesus right now. We can turn our lives over to him right now. We can take our problems to the altar and say, God, 
I want to be more like you. God, I don't want to forfeit the peace that you've promised me. Help me to figure out the issues, figure out the problems, figure out the hangups. Help me to be vulnerable in the spirit so that you can pierce my heart and show me what's going on and show me my intentions and and show me the thoughts and the intentions of my heart. Show them to me so that I can rest in you. He says, cast all of our cares on him. Those who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Moses was promised a promised land, but we can have a restful soul, which is far greater than any material thing that we could have in this world. To have peace with God and peace with ourselves is, is, is immeasurable. And Christ says you can have it today. You can have it today. If you decide that you want to give your life to Christ today, if you haven't already done so, the 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 the, the harvest is white, and your time is now. Give your life to Christ today, because He has promised you rest for your souls. We, the believers in God, if you're having a hard time with your struggles, with your issues, with your hangups. And those things are, are causing you to be like, you know what, I don't know if I want to continue to do this Christian thing because this thing is tough. Christ is saying, I got you. Give it to me. Lean on me. Depend on me. I've promised you rest for your souls. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 4. I found the secret of contentment. It's in Jesus. The secret to contentment. Rest in Jesus. And so we the believers in God we can rest in the comfort of knowing that Christ loves us. And he loves us so much that he died on the cross and rose again so that he could usher us into the promised land of eternal life. Usher us into an eternal peace. Usher us into an eternal hope. Usher us into an eternal forgiveness. Usher us into an eternal love. He did that for us. As Moses led the people into the promised land, Christ is, is, um, has led us into the eternal hope that is in the, in, in the heavens above that will be brought down in the new heavens and new earth in the life to come if we repent and believe. So again, we say all this to say, let us therefore, verse number 11 of chapter 4, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. In 14, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 3. And with this, I'm going to shut it down. Starting at verse number seven, no, number eight. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, 
not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the righteousness from the dead, the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies ahead, well, lies up, I'm sorry, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to that which we have attained. Let us hold fast to our confession. Let us strive to enter into that rest. Let us hold on to God's unchanging hand as we're moving closer and closer to that great day. When God will usher us into eternity. For that is what Christ came to do. To die that we might live. And if we live, we can live both now and forever. Because we serve a true and living God. Who is today, yesterday, and forevermore. And we can trust and believe that if he's done it for us then. Then he is surely working actively for us now. So that we may have the right to the tree of life and live both now and forever in Christ Jesus. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Thank you so much for the 1,100 likes that we've received thus far. Every like, every comment, every follow, every share, we appreciate you. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to um, uh, listen to any past episodes, you can go to the Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. When we come back, we're going to be discussing a woman who um, goes on trial after having a miscarriage and, 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 and flushing the unborn, the stillborn child in the um, in the in, in the toilet. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. And we thank you guys so so much for tuning in to the True Gospel Morning Show. We'll be right back in just a moment.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And certainly thank you for the 1,200 likes that we've received thus far. Um, just a few housekeeping items. Uh, well, just one housekeeping item, actually, before we continue on the show. Um, so looking forward to January 2024. Uh, as we, as I have recognized that, you know, on the East Coast, it may be 642, but on the West Coast, it's 342. And so there is probably no way in the world that somebody on the West Coast is watching this show. Um, and so there's a whole demographic of people that we want to be able to get this word out to. And so starting in January, we're going to be switching our time frame from 6 a.m. Eastern time to 10 a.m. Eastern time so that we can capture, we can catch everybody from the West Coast to the East Coast of America. And I'm certainly excited about that. It gives us an opportunity to be able to spread the gospel to a whole lot more people. Um, and gives you guys the opportunity to be able to, um, at least here on the East Coast, to be a little more awake. Um, while on the West Coast, everybody's, um, you know, getting ready for their morning commutes and all that sort of thing. So I'm excited about it. Hope you guys are as well. Um, we're actually going to be experimenting with that, um, with that time slot on 12-12, 12-13, and 12-20 of this month, of, of, this, of, this, of this year. We're going to be on the, on the 12th, the 13th, and the 20th of this month. We're going to have... Um, those episodes air um, live uh, at 10 a.m. Um, and so look, definitely, again, excited about that and hope you guys are as well as it gives us an opportunity to be able to capture um, all of um, all of all of America um, um, during the morning hours and give us an opportunity to be able to um, to just um, worship with a whole lot more people. So, again, I'm excited about it. Hope you are excited about it as well. All right. So now let me get this camera set up over here. Um we had a, a particular story that I wanted to um, share with you guys on today. And so, let's see if I can do that and then lift this up. Zoom in. There we go. Here we go. Ford wants is charged with felony abuse of a corpse, accused of trying to plunge a toilet after having a miscarriage delivery at 22 weeks while using the restroom. She said she felt the baby come out. There's a, uh, a big splash. Investigators say they found a baby stuck in a toilet at Watts' home on September 22nd. Forensic pathologist Dr. George Sturbins testified an autopsy found no injury to the fetus and that the unborn baby had died before passing through the birth canal. He says Watts' medical records showed she visited the hospital twice before the delivery. This fetus was going to be non-viable. And it was going to be non-viable because she had premature rupture of membranes. Her water had broken early. And the fetus was too young to be delivered. Both the assistant prosecutor and Watts' attorney argued why this case should or should not move forward. The issue isn't if how the child died, when the child died. It's the fact that, it, that the baby was put into a toilet large enough to clog up the toilet, left in that toilet, and she went on her day. This 33-year-old girl with no criminal record is demonized for something that goes on every day. 
Judge Terry Ivanchek found probable cause to bind the case over. There are better scholars than I am to determine the exact legal status of this, fetus, corpse, body, birth, tissue, whatever it is. Uh, matter of fact, I'm assuming that's what most of these uh, issue ones all about. At what point something becomes viable? And more in Nadine Grimley, WKBN 27 First News. Brittany Watts over. So, it's, it's a situation that is difficult to, to know, like, how to feel because the child was already non-viable, like the child had already, you know, passed away. Um, the details weren't given about how or, you know, when she went to the hospital twice before, you know, delivering the child on her own. Nothing is talked about, like, what did, what happened when she was at the hospital. Did anybody try to help her those two times that she went to the hospital? Um, you know, did anyone you know, tell her you're miscarrying, we need to go ahead and deliver this child now and get it over with, you know, so that way you can, so that way you, you live and you don't have this, you know, have um this, this dead child living, um you know, trying to grow inside, continue to, you know, grow inside. Um, was she given any proper assistance? And, and that, so that's number one. Number two, what was going on in her head space and in her heart space to where, you know, she delivered this child? Did she deliver it in the toilet? Did she, you know, deliver it and then flush it down the toilet? Like, what was what happened in that space? Because um, I've heard of some people, you know, that, that show, I didn't know I was pregnant. And this is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny about this. But the show, I didn't know I was pregnant. You know, she went to the hospital twice. I don't know, what, again, we don't know what the doctors did, you know, and maybe I should have done a little more research on it. You know, matter of fact, I probably can in like the next two seconds if I can type really fast enough. Let me see. Let me let me see if, let me see if I can do a little bit more research on it real quick. Um, um, let's see.
see. Okay. Yeah, they don't give us many details about that either, um, except the fact that um, that the that the that the that the fetus at some point was put in the toilet, and as it was put in the toilet, um, as it was put in the toilet, it was then um, flushed down the drain, and then she tried to plunge it, tried to plunge it down the drain because it was stuck, um, and so we don't know what was going on in her mind at the time, um, you know, we don't know whether. You know, she panicked, freaked out. You know, the laws are changing all over the place across the United States when it comes to babies and, you know, and baby laws and all that type of stuff. Um, she was, she's being charged with abuse of a corpse by the fact that she had the miscarriage and did try to, you know, dispose of the child um, in that way. And so... Again, not knowing what's going on in her heart space or in her head space, it highlights, you know, a lot of different issues that we find that are wrong in a, in the, in, the, in American society today. Because again, without knowing all the details, these are the things that kind of rattle off in my head. Did she have insurance? Because how many hospitals have denied people care because they don't have insurance? They they don't have the they don't have the proper insurance to go to the hospital to be seen, but without having to pay a certain fee in order to be seen for whatever issues that they have. You know what was going on at the time, like you know what was going on in her headspace and her heart space. You know, is she someone who was in need of therapy and need of counseling in some type of way? You know, did she know that she was pregnant? Because sometimes again, you know, we don't realize what's going on until it's there, and you know. Again, I don't know what the situation was. You know, I've again seen the show. I didn't know I was pregnant. And, you know, sometimes you think it's gas or you think it's, you know, bloating or you think it's, you know, just sharp pain. And, you know, come to find out you got a whole baby inside you, you know. Or, you know, like some of them, they said, I didn't know I was pregnant. I ain't had no issues. I never threw up. I never did this. I had a, such a perfect pregnancy. I didn't even know I was pregnant. Jerks. But, um, but... You know, then I'll come to find, come to pop out. You know, one day there's a baby there, and so you know, don't know what she, how she felt when she when she saw the child. You know, whether she knew she was pregnant. Like no, like there no, not enough details that we've been given thus far to know enough. Um, not even just to you know, make a judgment call, but what to be what we're, what are we praying for? What are what are we praying for? Um, and so again, this highlights. A, a host of issues um, that, you know, make us feel, you know, a certain type of way because our, our health, our healthcare system, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Our, um, our um, judicial system, you know, is, is, is broken in a lot of different ways. And it just show goes to show how much of a broken world we live in, you know, we, 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 we have situations and circumstances like these happen far more often than we like to admit. As the, as the lady that was saying, 
you know, um, toward the end, um, her attorney was saying, you know, things like this happen far more often than we're willing to admit. And we, we don't know sometimes, you know, what to do in those situations. You know, obviously the good thing would have been to try to, you know, call for help. But again, you don't know what you would do in a situation like that. You know, again, because again, we don't know the facts. We don't know everything that happened. You know, again, we don't know if the people at the doctor's office, you know, said to her, oh, you're all right. You good. You ain't got to worry about it. You know, just do it. Just, you know, just, just, you know, just do this or just do that or whatever, you know, and, and, and turn her away. We don't know if that's what happened. We don't know if anybody saw her. You know, they want to claim she went to the doctor twice, but we don't know what they said to her. We know that, you know, in, in, in call spade a spade, that black people, in particular black women, are the most misunderstood people when it comes to being in the doctor, being being at doctor's office, because a lot of um a lot of the a lot of um, you know, doctors have been um have been trained that black women in particular can handle pain and stress a whole lot more than anybody else can. And that's facts. That's not that's not me making stuff up. It's been it's been reported that you know the standards for um, for black people versus you know versus white people or versus any other you know race are um, are skewed and slanted by a lot. And so a lot of things that they say we can tolerate are things that they'll gladly give medication and treatment for to other races. And so can imagine, you know, if that's the situation she's in, going to the doctor and the doctor just saying, oh, you'll be all right. Or we, or, you know, or we don't need to do this, or we don't need to do this, 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 this treatment, or we don't have to, you know, do this scan, or we don't need to do this test because you're going to be all right. It happens to, it happens to everyone type stuff. And so again, we don't know the situation where she went to the doctor twice and did and, and and nothing became of it whether she knew or whether she didn't whether they knew or didn't and so again you know we don't know the circumstances in which this situation occurred and you know again it'd be great if we had more insight into it but it again just speaks to a deeper truth that we live in a broken world and in a broken world broken things happen Sometimes just broken things happen. It ain't that broken people do broken things, even though that's part that's true. But sometimes just broken things happen. You know, someone was talking to me yesterday and was asking the question, um, you know, how do I feel about you know um, about being unalive? And you know, I told her, you know, you know, it's a it's a part of life. It's inevitable. You know, it's something that we you know all have to face, come face to face with at some point. You know. But it, it, but and, and so you know, I don't have an issue with unalive. I have an issue with the method. You know, sometimes the method is what is more heinous than actual than actual. You know, unalive in itself. But, um, but again, you know, that's just a part of the the world that we live in. We live in a broken world. Sin has corrupted this world, and death is an inevitable part of that. Is is an inevitable part of that corruption. But we, the believers, we can rest in the comfort of knowing that we have the ability, we have the power to overcome death through Jesus Christ. Um, again, babe, babe, I don't know. 
I don't know whether she knew or not. It doesn't say. All it says is that, you know, she had the child. It was a stillborn child. And and um and then she and then she placed it in the toilet. That that's that's what that's what that those are the facts that we have. Um and so no telling, you know, what happened, you know, to where she was at home having this having a, having this child. We don't know what happened when she was at the hospital, whether anybody saw, anybody knew, anybody did anything. That's that's the thing I'm really upset about the most. Because again, to me, it doesn't it does it, again, unless this girl has, you know, some really bad you know, you know, mental and emotional issues going on, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem fathomable to me. But again, I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know what the matter, right? Um, and so we don't know. We, we don't know what, but, but, but according to the doctor, according to the doctor, the doctor said that the, that the baby was already passed away, was already passed away before she had the child. Like it was, it was already, you know, unalive inside, inside of her. And so, you know, that, so again, I don't know when she went to the doctor, did they see that? Did they know that? Did they do something about that? Like, did they, you know, did they do a scan or did they just say, oh, just, you know, just got some stomach issues, take two tums and be done. Like there's no telling what they did or didn't do to where she went home from the hospital twice. Twice, and so again, the doc, the doctor that was on the stand said there the child was already gone before she birthed it. It's already gone, and so again, um, so that's why again, you know, my heart goes out to her. My heart goes out to the jury, you know, who's gonna have to deal with the trial, who's gonna have to deal with the trial, and hope that they have some type of compassion. Because again, you know, I don't, we don't know. The circumstances that created that situation um, beyond what we know thus far. I'll follow up on the case as much as I can to see if I can get some insight into what happened and what's going on. But again, um, it's a really sad situation and highlights the 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 um, the, the 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 brokenness of our world. The brokenness of the universe, the brokenness that sin has corrupted, that, that sin is the is the is the is the corrupter of. Um, and so again, I'm really sorry um, for her, sorry for the child, um, sorry for the family. Um, you know, shouldn't have happened, um, and yet it has. And again, you know, sorry that you know in a, in a state of panic. I don't know if that's what happened. You know, but again, our heart goes out to her because my thing is, for me, I wish the doctors could have caught it. I wish the doctors could have caught it. And so I wonder, what did they say to her? Not once, but twice. What, what happened when she went to the doctors? Not once. But twice. Then you just chalk it up to some stomach pains and some stomach cramps and here, take this and go. And then sometime later, here she is using the bathroom. Who knows? Using the might have been using the bathroom for all we know. And I didn't know I was pregnant. 
I didn't know I was pregnant. So again, my heart goes out to her. My heart goes out to anyone who's suffering in, in, in that type of way. And in, in, in anyone who has been through situations, you know, similar, um, you know, we're praying for you and praying that, you know, God, you know, has given you, is giving you comfort and rest for your souls. Um, and if you are in a hospital or in a doctor's institution and, you know, and, you know, you see situa a situation like this, please take the time to just check and see. Just, just check and see. Because you never know what you might be looking at unless you do what needs to be done. And again, that's why, you know, I wish that our hospital systems and our healthcare systems were a whole lot better than what they are. Um, but again, it's the world we live in and we just got to keep praying and keep hoping and keep pushing for change and for hope in some type of way. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. I don't know who Stop the 30 is, but every time Stop the 30 comes up in here, it gives me like a billion likes. And I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Whatever it is that Stop Now 30, I see you just joined. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I, I really do appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for all the likes you've been giving us. Every like, every comment, every follow, every share is greatly appreciated. If you have missed any part of this message or would like to um, listen to past episodes, stop by um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to every episode from inception to now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about being addicted to drama. Being addicted to drama. We thank you so much, and we'll be right back in just a moment.
launching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, again, come January 2024, we're going to be moving to a new time slot, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 Pacific. Um, and so definitely looking forward to being able to um, to capture all of America during the morning hours. So that way we can um, share this good gospel message with everyone across the nation. So definitely excited about that and be um, looking um, for, forward to our 10 a.m. shows on December 12th, December 13th, and December 20th of this month. Um, so I was talking to a client um, on Friday. I was talking to a client on Friday. And the client came in, and as a disclaimer, the client, you know, is suffering with uh, borderline personality disorder. Um, and so... Obviously, and, and so borderlines have a tendency to not be able to really pick up on social cues and always looking for um, attention, always seeking attention. And so that is that is the disclaimer um, in what I'm about to say. Um, and so not only dealing with borderline personality, but also dealing with borderline intellectual functions. And so that that's the nexus that that we're dealing with. Um, in, in, in his particular case, nevertheless, um, he's talking to me and he's saying to me, you know, he gives me issue number one. And then we talk about issue number one and, you know, we're, and I say, you know, go back to what we said before, remember what to do. You know, are you asking these people whether or not you're truly bothering them or are you, you know, are you feel, are you feeling like you're bothering them? And as a result, trying to change your whole life all over again, rather than asking them what's going on, why why are you being bothered? Like, are you asking the right questions? And so, you know, we dealt with that. And then a few minutes later, he brings up issue number two. Issue number two. He wants to go work a job. He wants to go continue working a job, but doesn't know whether he should work the job because he doesn't know whether or not it's gonna, um, you know, create more problems, you know, with this person or that person or this person or that person. So I tell him again, listen, man, you gotta go get your money, you know. So you know, if that's the job you're working, work your job, do your job. We've been through this before, like you know, do the work that you're meant to do, you know. And then a few minutes later, he brings up. Issues with the cat. Says, you know, I got a cat. You know, it's going to, um, it's, it may be on his last legs. You know, this cat's like a child to me. Can you give me some grief techniques? Bruh. The only technique I have is time. At this point. Your cat is still alive. Your cat is still living, breathing. Ain't nothing wrong with this cat to where you got to be worried about it dying anytime soon. Like... You know, if you're going to grieve, just don't grieve alone. And on repeat, this person kept giving problem after problem after problem after problem. Unfortunately, our, call, our phone call kicked off before I could finish talking to this person. But the question I was going to ask him is the question that we are asking today in our sanctification session. Are you, are we so addicted to drama? Like, do we have a desire to get people's attention and hold people's attention 
by the negativity in our world. There are many people who love and crave attention. And somehow, some way, it's been ingrained in their minds that the only one that can get that can that can um the only way that they can get someone's attention is by having a negative outlook on life. For by being in a negative space in their hearts and in their minds, they can get, get garner all the attention of every person in their world. And so they crave the attention. And in craving the attention, they live in negativity. If you look at a lot of our um, TikTok creators, our YouTube creators, our Facebook creators, our, um, you know, whatever platform you, you use, creators, a lot of them thrive off of negativity. They thrive off of it. How many people do you see, you know, talking about relationship issues? You know, men are all this and women are all that and, you know, and we got to take care of us and we got to take care of them. They thrive off of that. How many people do we find that, you know, that, that, that long to have the attention of someone by always having something negative to bring up every time they make a phone call? It's always, we, when, we're, when we're picking up the phone, they always talking about their drama, always talking about their issues, always talking about their problems, have nothing to ever celebrate, nothing to ever hype up, nothing to ever champion. Nothing ever that gives them that that gives them you know that's something to to be hopeful for or something to look forward to or something to be excited about. They're so addicted to their drama, and they're addicted to their drama because that's how they've been you know, um you know been hardwired to receive attention and 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 affirmation from others. So much so that. Anytime someone tries to challenge their way of thinking or challenge how they feel or challenge what's going on, they're quick to dismiss them in favor of finding the people that are going to hype them up. Yeah, girl, I don't know why you put up with that stuff. Rather than, I mean, I understand, you know, you feel like he may have treated you a certain way, but have you looked at how you may have treated him? Like, I mean, there is a, I mean, it, it, might, it might not be all him, you know, you might have a role to play in that too. Or, you know, yeah, you know, these people are getting on my nerves on this job. Yeah, I, I get that they're getting on your nerves on the job, you know, you, but, you know, you done showed up to work late. How many times now? I'd probably be on your nerves too, you know. If you're coming on my job and coming up, coming on late every single day, you don't know my story. You don't know my life. Okay, I get that. Do they know your story and know your life? Have you told them about what's going on with you and you know, have they, have y'all worked together? We want so badly for somebody to say, man, I wouldn't put up with that mess either. Rather than actually, you know, giving us truth. And as a result, we have, we can build echo chambers and platforms that draw people to us who hype us up rather than challenging us. We as the people of God got to be careful about that too. Because there's because often is the case where we, as the people of God, are so addicted to drama and gossip and lies and deceits that rather than speaking truth to those things, 
we hype those things up. We what do we call it? We gas those things up. And in doing so, we're looking for people to see us and pay us attention. They feel as though the only way to get someone's attention is to have something negative to talk about. I think about children and how a lot of our children will find, you know, a way to get our our family or the parents' attention. If their academics don't do it, if their successes don't do it, they will find some other way to get their parents' attention. And so some of them will choose drama. Some of them will choose bad acts. Some of them will choose, um, you know, negativity. Some will choose doom clouds. You know, some will choose, you know, um, just, just, you know, just, just shying away in an attempt to try to get or gain the attention of their parents. Learning at an early age, the only way my parents are ever going to talk to me and the only way my um, my parents are going to do anything with me is if I tell them, you know, that something's good, that, that I have this or that I have that or that this going on or that's, that's going on. It's the only time that they ever light up with me. And so sometimes even in our relationships with people, we can find ourselves in that same place where, you know, we want so badly to have someone's attention. So we'll do whatever we'll do something dramatic or we'll talk about drama or we'll bring up everything and exaggerate even the things that are going on in our lives in an attempt to try to get somebody else's attention to keep somebody else's attention. I oftentimes tell some of my clients in therapy, you know, y'all don't have to have problems every time you come to therapy. For, for, for the ones who are just coming to come at this point. Like, it's like, dude, you know you don't have to come to therapy with a problem. Like, you can actually talk about the success in your life. Like, that is allowed. You know, we can do a status update on how things are going with you. You don't have to create problems that don't exist. Often get, you know, um, scolded because sometimes I'll cut I'll cut sessions short. I'll tell and I tell my bosses every time, I can't help that these people didn't have a problem that day. They set an appointment, I don't know why, and I'm not gonna tell them not to come in, but I'm gonna tell them you don't have a problem. You didn't have to show up today. You know, or I thank you for coming in to tell me what happened with you this week. And I'm glad that I'm glad that everything went well. If there are no more issues or problems or anything else you want to say to me, I don't believe in creating problems that don't exist. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take the victory lap. So sometimes we got to ask ourselves the question. Thank you, Holy Ghost. What am I getting out of being dramatic. What do I have to gain by hyping up drama? What am I getting out of this? What is the benefit that I'm getting from being full of drama? Because sometimes we as the people of God would rather have our drama than to have God's peace. 
we begin to identify with our drama, identify with our issues, identify as our problems. And we know no other way of being. We don't want another way of being. Being the way that we are benefits us. Being the way that we are makes us feel really good on the inside. Being the way that we are gives us a sense of purpose, gives us a sense of community, gives us a sense of connection. I often have to, sometimes have to tell my clients, you know, I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to be able to talk to each other, but the whole point of therapy, if we're doing it right, is so that you don't need therapy anymore. The way I do therapy. I know some people will go to do therapy for the rest of their lives, and that's fine. Maintenance plans and all that jazz that comes with that. But the goal of therapy is to no longer need therapy. And so to that end, you know, some people they're so addicted to the connection that they that to they to the to connection that they gain from having somebody to talk to, they will invent problems to keep the conversation going. I can remember one time because, you know, textbook people pleaser, I would not hype my own self up among some of my friends when they were going through a tough time because I didn't want them to feel some type of way about me having a great day while they're having a terrible day. Rather than being a, being a, a, a difference so that maybe it'll give them some hope. Instead, I'm wallowing in their, you know, in their drama so that I can keep a connection with them. And so, we, again, as the people of God, we have to be careful that we are not so, we don't identify with our problems. When Christ calls us into the kingdom, when Christ calls us, you call it, it transfers us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, he gives us a new name, image bearer, child of God, son, daughter of God, um... Uh, heir of God, joint heir with Christ, peculiar people, royal priesthood, forgiven, loved, you know, adored, you know, the, the, you know, the apple of his eye, you know, these are the things that God has called us. And so we no longer have to identify with our issues, identify as our problems, identify as those things. One of the things about AA that I've always had trouble with is that once you're in AA, you you're 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 conditioned to identify yourself as an alcoholic. You're conditioned to think of yourself as that, and that that is your and that becomes for some people their primary identifier. The lens through which they view and operate in the world is through the lens of an alcoholic as far as the as far as AA is concerned. But when God calls us, we're no longer looked at through the lens of our issues or our problems. Those things have been nailed to the cross. And so we, as the people of God, we don't have to identify ourselves as our issues. 
Let us bring those issues before the throne of grace and work on those things. But we don't have to, in an attempt to try to gain something, identify with our issues so much so that that's all that we that's all we tend to talk about: problems, issues, drama. In an attempt to try to get somebody's attention, hyping up the negative diminishing that which is good. Paul said it like this, whatsoever things are pure, lovely, just, righteous, of good report, good, think on these things. If any virtue, if there be any praise, be on those things. It's not to say that we don't talk about our problems. Let's be clear. But we should not live in our problems if we're believers. Because we don't live there anymore. Our home is someplace else. And so we ask God daily, help us to drag away from the darkness and be tra- and continue to operate as kingdom dwellers. But sometimes we can be so addicted to the drama that we identify as the drama in an attempt to get people to like us, to get people to feel sorry for us, to gain attention from others. You ever notice how some people will post certain phrases or certain things on their social media accounts and in in doing so generate Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. Da, 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 da. Every week. I'm not talking about a one-time you know, thing that happened in life or whatever. I'm talking about every week. It's a brand new issue. A brand new struggle. A brand new problem in cycles. Some of us love the attention. And so we'll gain it by any means necessary. So we, again, as the people of God, we got to ask ourselves and remind ourselves, hey, let me not be so um, fixated on wanting attention that I'm willing to do whatever I have to do in order to get it, including creating problems that don't, that don't exist just so that someone else can see me. We should not be hard, hard up on attention that badly that we're willing to create problems just so that someone can see us. If that's you, I urge you, ironically, to go to therapy, but don't go to therapy just for the sole sake of talking about the problems so that you can talk about the problems. Talk about the problems so that you can come to, come to some type of real life solutions with the problems and or if the problem is wanting the attention dealing with that so that way you no longer have to operate in a spirit of drama just so that you can get somebody to see you 
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Thank you so much for the 7,200 likes that we've received thus far. Every like, every follow, every comment, every share is greatly appreciated. If you missed any part of this message or would like to, um, like to, um, uh, listen to past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and uh, subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. Uh, we certainly do thank you so much. When we come back, we are going to be looking at um, a geothermal lab that was um, created um, in hopes to uh, create a new energy source uh, and, and, and launch kind of a next wave of, an, of the energy um, wars. Um, so thank you so much. We'll be right back in just a moment. Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, thank you so much for the 7,200 likes that we've received thus far. Um, in the state of Nevada, um, a new Google geothermal electricity project could be a milestone for clean energy. An advanced geothermal project funded and developed by Google has begun pumping carbon-free electricity onto the Nevada grid to power the company's data centers there. Geothermal energy was once confined in theory to areas of geothermal activity, but if one drills deep enough, there's extreme heat from the planet's core essentially everywhere to be harnessed to make steam and drive turbines to create carbon-free electricity 24 hours a day when the wind isn't blowing and the sun isn't shining. For this reason, Google has made an early bet on this enhanced geothermal technology and partnered with the Utah-based Fervo Energy which dr uses drilling techniques from the oil and gas industry to create a first-of-its-kind power plant in Nevada. GNN reported, 
that initial test in July showed that the technology was working, in which the hypothesized 3.5 megawatts were indeed being delivered. A borehole was made 8,000 feet into the desert plains before being extended horizontally 3,000 feet. A second shallower tunnel, tunnel was drilled above it. As cold water is pumped into the lower shaft, heat causes it to rise through the cracks in the rock created by fracking into the upper shaft, a process which heats it well above supercritical temperatures of 200 degrees. Once topside, the superheated fluid boils another well of water to create a steam to drive a turbine and power Google's Henderson City Data Center with a combination of storage and solar power. Quote, we are really hoping that this could spring be a spring for to much, much more advanced geothermal power available to us and others around the world, says Michael Terrell, who leads decarbonization efforts at Google. Back, the backing has spurred on Fervo Energy to greater heights, and the company recently completed the drilling phase for a 400 megawatt energy project in southern Utah. While Google has only started with this project in Nevada, there's potential for geothermal to grow. The company recently announced a partnership with Project Interspace, a leading nonprofit organization dedicated to the global development of geothermal energy to accelerate the adoption of geothermal energy. Um, and so again, this is just another opportunity, um, you know, to celebrate and highlight our scientists, man. Like the, these people are really doing some great things out here in the world. And, you know, politicians notwithstanding, you know, it's, it's great to see that people are making waves trying to, get, you know, find ways for us to continue to thrive in this world. Um, and so my only concern uh, as I'm sitting here thinking out loud about it is if you're taken away from the heat of the earth to power your to power your plant. And if this thing were to go around the world, so to speak, will we then be doing something to the earth itself? Like, we're already messing up the atmosphere and stuff, but now we're going to be messing up the earth itself by cooling it down in an attempt, um, you know, about pouring water down there in a, uh, or the super liquid or whatever the case is in an attempt to try to power up our stuff. Um, and so that's my only, you know, concern with it. Um, so I would have to do a little more research and to try to figure out the scientific um, um, necessity. Um, but... You know, to God be the glory, we're grateful and hope that he gives us the opportunity to be able to, um, you know, to, to get off of gas and get off of, you know, um, you know, coal and certain things like that um, and oil in hopes to, you know, find another way to, you know, keep us thriving in this world. Um, again, thank God for the scientists. You know, people often want to separate God and science, but I believe they are in harmony with one another and not divided amongst one another. And so I thank God for the scientists every day who are doing amazing things um, and hopes that um, in hopes and I hope that they are able to continue to do things safely to keep us thriving in the world um, and not do anything crazy like create dinosaurs who will then terrorize us because a dinosaur is going to be a dinosaur is going to be a dinosaur. You can only keep a dinosaur down for so long before they show you just how, you know, um, thick their skin is being able to destroy an electric fence. Hashtag Jurassic Park. But anyway, um, you know, just hoping and praying that, you know, God allows them to continue to do what they're doing. And we're just grateful for this opportunity to be able to worship in spirit and truth. 
um, and, and, and celebrate and champion them on today. So congratulations to Google for finding another um, um, method of energy um, and being able to continue to do that research and continue to do that experimentation in hopes that we can find um, alternative energy sources and get off of our dependence of oil and our dependence of, um, of, of, of coal and things of that nature um, so that our world can be cleaner, can be um, much more energy efficient and um, be able to thrive. Um, in the world that we live in today. Where is it? All right. Again, I want to thank you guys so much for your 7,200 likes. Um, Stop32, Stop Now32 said they can't like no more. Definitely sorry to hear that. Um, but certainly grateful for this opportunity to be able to worship in spirit and truth. Um, Gonna shut down um, the True Gospel Morning Show for just a moment, but we'll be right back in 30 seconds as we um, enter um, our questions from the chat segment of the show. We'll be right back in just a moment. the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, drop down in the comment box with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. Um, I'm, on, I'm on with you guys for the next 20 minutes, and so if you have any questions that you would like to ask, please drop down in the comment box right now. Just know that uh, we ask to just keep it classy, so that way we don't get kicked off the TikTok. If you, if you come out of pocket, we're going to have to give you that nice little mute button. 
Um, but again, feel free to ask any question that you have, and we're just gonna rapid fire um, the questions until we until we um, run out of time. Um, it was asked by Michigan man earlier today. Um, you know how should we should feel about death? You know, is death because death is a scary thing. Um, it was asking whether or not we should be afraid of it, and the answer is yeah, we should be afraid of it because we don't know what's on the other side. You know, in terms of like our, you know, we've never experienced it before. And anything that we've never experienced before, we're always going to be afraid of it. Um, you know, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But it does not mean that we are not going to be afraid of some stuff. Fear is a natural response to a lot of different things. And fear can actually teach us a lot of things if we know how to use it correctly. And so for us, as the people of God, there's nothing wrong with being afraid of it. Like, you don't know what's on, you don't know what's gonna, you don't know how it's gonna happen, you don't know what's gonna happen, you don't know when it's gonna happen. And so, yeah, you have every right to be afraid. Like, there's nothing wrong with being afraid of death. There's nothing wrong with being afraid of what's gonna happen over the, over there on the other side. Um, nevertheless, we as the people of God can take comfort in the fact that Christ has let us know what's going to happen. And there's a lot of things that we as the people of God are looking forward to, which makes death sting, you know, less, you know, less unbearable. Like we can take it. We can we can bear it because, you know, Paul himself said, I don't know which one I'd rather be. If I'm here, I'm working for the Lord. If I'm gone, I'm with the Lord. So I'm kind of torn. I don't know which one I really want. You know, it's needful for y'all that I'm here. But if I had my choice, I'd much rather be with the Lord right now. And so, you know, so our heart's posture, yeah, we should be afraid. Everybody should be afraid, but our fear should not then lead us into doing crazy things like trying to YOLO out as a result of being afraid. Instead, we should just, we, we should take comfort in knowing where we're going, where we're headed. Like we talked about earlier today in Hebrews chapter, um, chapters, chapters uh, three and four, we know where we're going and because we know where we're going, um, we can take comfort in that, you know, however we get there, that we're that we're going to be ushered into the new heavens and the new earth. If we're ushered into the new heavens and the new earth, then everything that Christ said, everything that he promised is going to be there on the other side waiting for us. And so, yes, we can be afraid. Yeah, we're afraid. You know, we don't we don't want to we don't want to be unalived. We don't want to unalive. No, we, we want to live you know that's the nature of man like we want to live um but again death is a necessary part of life and as a result of that we as the people of god we 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 recognize it we own it we understand it and we embrace it in so much that if we if we, to, to live is christ and to die is gain to live is Christ and to die is gain. And again, this light momentary affliction that we go through in this life, it, it, it is, is nothing compared to the, um, the weight in eternal glory that is coming for us in the life to come. And so we're grateful, you know, that we get to live on this side of glory, but we are super excited about the life to come. The other side of glory, we are super excited about it. Because again, you know, no more heartache, no more pain, no more sin, no more death, no more issues, no more hangups, none of that type of stuff. We get to live forever with the Lord. And so, yes, you know, you have, yeah, be afraid. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Hel a healthy, there, 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 
Mm. There is a healthy sense of fear that we should have when it comes to God and everything that this world, in everything that 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 that's that's in this world. There is a healthy amount of fear, a reverent fear, an aweness, an awesomeness that we should all carry in everything that we say and in everything that we do. We should be carrying this around with us in every situation and circumstance. You know, so be nervous. Yeah, be, 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 you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, you know. But at the end of the day, we as the people of God can take comfort in the fact that this light momentary affliction, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this light momentary affliction, you know, is, um, is nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory that is reserved for those who believe. And because we believe in Jesus, we are looking forward to that great day. In order to get there, we're going to have to, you know, pass away one way or another. But we do so, you know, holding on to the fear, because it's the fear of the unknown, while, be, while being grateful nonetheless for what God is getting ready to usher us into as the people of God. And so we thank God that he gives us this opportunity to be able to, um, to, um, to, to, to live um, and to own our feelings. Um, in such a way that we're able to take them to the cross and, he, and allow him to give us the space to be able to um, to work those things out in spirit and in truth. Um, and so, yeah, hit me down in that comment box below if you have any questions or comments or concerns. I'm going to give you guys the next two to three minutes to let me know what you're thinking and how you're feeling. Um, if not, then, you know, we're going to call it a day early on today. Um, again, um, we just want to let you guys know and remind you that our show is going to be moving in January to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so we won't be on um, at 6 a.m. Eastern um, come January. Uh, we got an opportunity to go and catch some people on the West Coast uh, with this good gospel message, and so we're certainly excited about being able to move our time to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time um, come January 2024. Um, we're going to experiment with that time slot on um, December the 12th, December the 13th, and December 20th. Um, and so, um, if you are watching the show regularly and you miss us being on on those days at 6 a.m., make sure that you got your notifications on so that way you know when the True Gospel Morning Show is, is live on those days. Because we're going to go live on 12-12, um, 12-13, on and 12-20 at 10 a.m. And then we'll permanently move to that spot on um, January, um, January 2nd. 2024. Um, so again, certainly grateful and thankful to each and every one of you who has contributed to the success of this show. I could not do this show without you guys. I really do um, appreciate you guys so, so much for giving us the opportunity to be able to celebrate Jesus with you guys um, throughout the process of this show. Um, since our inception back in late August, um, we've tried to go live as, as often as we can. Um, We've configured some things, moved some things around, um, you know, done different things with the show. Um, and so definitely grateful that you guys um, have contributed to its success thus far. I want to thank my agent, Anthony, um, with uh, with New York Generation um, for giving me the opportunity to be able to um, to, to, uh, to impact um, the, the, the New York Generation, um, you know, agency um, in a mighty way. And so hope that we're able just to continue to be a, a lightning rod uh, for people getting the um, getting the word of Jesus Christ um, from us. And so, again, thank you guys so, so much for your viewership, for your attention, 
for the comments, for the questions, for the concerns, and everything else in between. You guys are, are all rock stars in my book, and I would not be able to do this show um, uh, without you guys. Um, Richard Frazier asked, why, may, I, may I ask why you need an agent? I don't need an agent. They came to me. I, and I think it was awesome. It was freaking awesome. They came to me. I didn't go to them. They came to me. And so I saw an opportunity to be able to get the gospel to as many people um, as possible. And they agreed. And so we, we're now in partnership with one another. Um, I didn't need them, though. They, they came to me. They, they saw the success of the show, saw how well we were doing, and asked um, if they were willing um, to, um, if they, if I wanted to help out, um, they don't, they don't charge anything as far as I, as far as I know, all they want to see is that you are, um, that you are, um, active in your posts and active on your lives. Um, if you're active on both of those, then, um, then they're willing to, um, to, to, to reach out, um, to you. Um, as a matter of fact, um, you know, if you would like, if you will follow me, I'll follow you back. And if being agented is something that you're interested in, I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you and, and link you up with my agent um, to have a conversation about um, about um, being a part of the New York generation. Um, and so, and so again, hats off to Anthony, um, who's my agent, um, and thankful for this opportunity again just to be able to get the gospel to as many people as possible. For at the end of the day, that's all we want to do here. As I said from day one, our job here on the True Gospel Morning Show is just to get the truth to as many people as possible and let them make up their own minds. Like my daughter made up their minds to become part of the kingdom last week and the week before. Like I made up my own mind to join the church that I joined on, um, on Sunday. Like we're all here. We're all out here just trying to make, um, trying to make decisions about the Lord. And so we want to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as we can in all our various forms and all our various platforms and all our various um, ways in an attempt to try to give people an opportunity just to make up their own minds. Do you want to follow Jesus? Based on what we've given you, based on what we know, you know, have we said something to you um, that, 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 wants, that, allows, that causes you to spring forth um, in, 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 in praise and worship to the almighty God? Um, and so again, I thank you guys so much for the opportunity to be able to spit gospel to you in hopes that it, you know, has stirred you up in some type of way, whether it stirs you for or against the Lord. You know, we're just, um, we're just men we're just ministers of the gospel, just ministers of the gospel. And so grateful for, again, this opportunity to be able to worship in spirit and truth with you guys on today and hope that you guys are able to, um, you know, to get something out of it. Um, Richard Frazier asked, are you a minister as well? Te the technical answer is yes, um, you know, but I don't really hold on to titles and things. I'm just a Christian, you know, and God just happened to give me the gift of gab. I, I like to talk a lot, and so why not talk about the Lord? Um, you know, some people may, you know, may call me minister, pastor, whatever, teacher, but, you know, I just, I'm just a Christian. I just like to talk a lot. Um, and so, like, I tell people all the time on the platform, like, you know, I, 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 I'm grateful for any like that I do get, but I recognize I'm not going to get 10,000 likes. I'm not going to get 15,000 likes. I'm not going to get gifts and all that type of stuff like everybody else does because I ain't got the physique. I ain't got the, you know, the allure and things like that. All I do is just keep talking. That's all. I just, just keep talking. And like I said, man, yeah, hit me up, man. Hit me up, um, Mr. Um, Mr. Um, Rich. Yeah, let me know. Um, 
Hit me up in the DMs. Let a brother know how you're feeling. Um, and let's let's make that happen. I'll be more than happy to collaborate. Um, uh, wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Um, and so again, um, just yeah, just holler at your boy and let me know. I'd be more than happy to do that. Um, I really, again, again, really do appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Um, there are no other questions, comments, or concerns. I'm gonna get out of here. Um, I'm gonna cut out early on today. Um, listen. I want to thank each and every one of you once again for just giving me this opportunity to be able to spit some gospel to you on today. Thank you for every like, every comment, every follow, every share. Um, if you have missed any part of this message, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to every episode from inception to now. Thank you so, so much for your support. And um, as always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.